Hey guys, welcome to our online campus. Whether you're joining us through YouTube or our podcast, we're really glad that you're here today. Let's tune into today's message here at Higher Vision. Enjoy. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. (laughs) I know it's corny, but I like it. You know what I'm saying? My girls, they say, Dad, please cut out the dad jokes and all that stuff you do. They reckon dad jokes are uncool. But how many of you know when you're 53 years of age and you're happily married, you don't need to be cool. You just want to be happy. You know what I'm saying? So we're just going with happy. So I don't care what they say. Praise God, we're going to be happy today. Amen? Because, you know, you got the pastor here today of Enjoy Church. As in, we're going to enjoy ourselves in church today. How many of you are ready to enjoy yourself? Well, that was average, praise God. How many of you are ready to enjoy yourself? Amen. When, when I was a kid, I used to go to another church. It was called Endure Church. How many of you went to that church? Maybe I've seen some of you before. Used to go to Endure Church, but now we're at Enjoy Church. And today we're in a great church, praise God. How many of you know you are part of a great church? All right, you, come on. You are part of a great church. This is my fourth service, and I've got to tell you, it just gets better and better and better. I've got to tell you, you are the best-looking congregation that I've seen last night. God, it just gets better all the time. Praise God. But you are part of a great church, seriously. And the reason you're part of a great church is because you have got great pastors. Why don't we give it up for Pastor Jared, Pastor Devet? Just give it up for these guys. Because they are awesome. Everyone say Awesome. <laughs> I like the way you talk. <laughs> you sound so funny, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're going to come around the word. Everyone say word. <laughs> the people, we go in, we go buy some stuff in the, in the stores and, and people say, can you say something? I'm like, what do you want me to say? And they say, say anything. We love the way you talk. You, we love your accent. And I'm like, I'm the only one in the room who doesn't have an accent. You know what I'm saying? Everyone say word. Word. My point exactly. Listen to you guys. You get your jaw out here somewhere. I don't know how you do it. Word. But anyway, we'll get around to that in a minute. I love it. I can. It's really cool. It's fun. You guys are fun. But seriously, this is a great church, and it's because of these people here. And all of you that are committed and are doing this thing together, I just want to celebrate you because I know this one thing. Great churches don't just fall from heaven. You know what I'm saying? How many of you have ever been walking down the street, just walking down the street, minding your own business? And, well, what was that? That was like a great church just fell out of heaven. You know what I'm saying? How many of you know that does not happen? Great churches are built by great men and women. And once again, I just want to celebrate these guys because they're worthy of celebration. Can we just give it up for them one more time? Seriously, guys. What a wonderful church and what wonderful people. Praise God, wonderful people. So we pastor Enjoy Church, used to go to Enjoy Church, now we're doing our thing, and it's been incredible, 20 years. And um, Georgie and I have been married now nearly 30 years, 29 and three quarter years, or 29 and a half years, and I can honestly tell you it's been the best 29 years of Georgie's life. It's been amazing. (laughs) Just ask her later, she'll tell you. It's been unbelievable. So we've got a family photo here, I think. This is our family, praise God. Some of you are thinking, you've got three daughters. No, Georgie is on the, on the far right of the screen. That's not my daughter. That's Georgie girl the, of my life. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you got a wife that still makes you go, praise God. Oh, praise God. Anyway, moving right along. Hey, baby. All right. So 
That's Georgie. We've been married. It's awesome. So in the back seat, right in the middle, we've got Emily Girl. Emily, Emily Pear, we call her. So Emily's awesome. Emily's 25 years of age. Well, we put her to bed one night. Well, she went to her room and she went to bed. And when she woke up the next morning, she thought she was Asian, just like that. I don't know exactly what happened, but she got up and she just went Asian on us, which is absolutely awesome. She went to her on a Philippines trip and then she went to Japan once, twice, three times, four times. And then everything about her was Asian. The food she was eating, the, the show she was watching on TV, all of her friends went Asian. It was just like crazy, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, and then so she goes to Japan for a year, has a year in Japan. When she comes home, about six weeks, four weeks after she came home, Kenichiwa turned up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he just followed her home. He, they're not dating at this point in time. He's just in love. Do you know what I'm saying? He's in love. The boy, just like that. And so he comes into our world. He doesn't speak any English. All he does is this. Oh, pata. That's all he did for the first six months. Until he learned English, he learned English so he could win her heart. He won her heart. They got married. Now they're in Japan planning a church, praise God. How many of you think that's a cool story? Every romantic in the house like, Praise the Lord! That's awesome. And then we've got a little Madison. So that's Rio. Just so you know, when it comes to Rio, I love that boy. I really do. I said to Emily when they were dating, I said, if you guys break up, you're moving out so he can move in. You know what I'm saying? I love him. He's like, he's like my son. He is my son. And then we've got Madison over my left shoulder there. Maddie, Maddie is a rat bag, just like her father. So please pray for Madison. You know what I'm saying? She needs all the prayer she can get, as do I. Now, we've got over 100 nationalities in our... Actually, we've got, we've got church. Let's have a look at church. Okay, so this is our smallest location now. That's in Joy Church, Osaka. So that's where Emily and Rio are pastoring. They've been open there for about four months and uh, in Sunday worship. In, in Osaka, in Japan, uh, 0.5 of 1% know the Lord. That's it, 0.5 of 1%. No one knows Jesus. You ask him, uh, do, you, do you know Jesus through an interpreter? Interpreter, <laughs> interpreter. And they, the question they ask back is, is he American? That's what they want to know. They have no idea who Jesus is. So we're just out there, just digging it out of the dirt. So please pray for these guys. That's Osaka. That's our smallest location. Then this is our largest location. Uh, that's in Joy Church in uh, Melbourne, Australia. And uh, that's in Sunshine. That's where we hang out most of the time, other than when we're out here with you guys having fun. Praise the Lord. And so we're going to have some fun today. All right, who's ready for the word? All right, everyone say word. <laughs> I like it. So there's over 100 nationalities in that location, and they know how to make noise when it comes to the preaching of the word. So today, if you want to get excited, you can get excited, you can yell out, you can cheer out, you can throw a shoe at me, throw whatever at me, and I'm quick, I'm okay, you know, I'll get out of the way, and we're going to have a good time around the word. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 20, uh, sorry, chapter 46, we're going to read together from verse 28. It says, Jacob sent Judah on ahead to meet Joseph and get directions to the land of Goshen. And when they all arrived there, Joseph prepared his chariot and traveled to Goshen to meet his father. As soon as Joseph arrived, he embraced his father and wept on his shoulder for a long time. Then Jacob said to Joseph, now let me die for I have seen you with my own eyes and know that you are still alive. Uh, is it just me or do you guys have... Uh, passages in the Bible that you just love to read. Whenever you read them, it's like they jump off the page and it's like, I love this passage of Scripture. i got to tell you, I love this passage of Scripture. You say, why is that? Because in many ways, it is the fulfillment of a dream. 
How many of you have got a dream in the house today? Just give me a wave if you've got a dream, a dream from God. I've got to tell you, God is in the dream business. He wants to give you a dream and He wants to see you fulfill the dream. God is in the business of releasing dreams. He's in, he's in the business of restoring dreams and taking those dreams that have titanic and gone to the bottom of the ocean. How many of you know He can raise them up again? He can get them floating again and He can see that dream become a reality. I love this passage because it's the fulfillment of a dream and the fulfillment of a promise. Friends, I stand before you today to encourage you, to remind you, to exhort you to remember that you can trust God. Amen. Did you hear that? You can trust God. You may not be able to trust me and you may not be able to trust many things in life, but you can trust God. Friends, things are not always as they appear. But we see in the natural, but how many of you know God dwells in the supernatural? We, 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 we see in part, but God sees the whole thing. We, we live in the temporal while our God is eternal. We are limited by what is possible, but our God, he, he just lives in the realm of what is impossible. I, I don't know about you. I don't want a dream that is possible. I want a dream that is impossible so when it becomes my reality, God gets all the glory and Jesus' name is lifted up. Now, in Genesis chapter 37 from verse 5, it says, One night Joseph had a dream and promptly reported the details to his brothers, causing them to hate him even more. Praise God for family. <laughs> Reminds me of a family, I know, but we won't go there. Listen to this dream he announced. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. My bundle stood up, then your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before it. So you were gonna be our king, are you? His brothers taunted, and they hated him all the more for his dream and what he had said. Then Joseph had another dream and told his brothers about it. Listen to this dream, he said. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. This time he told his father as well as his brothers, and his father rebuked him. What do you mean, his father asked. Will your mother, your brothers, and I actually come and bow before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father gave it some thought and wondered what it all meant. Everybody say dream. Say dream again. Dream. Say dream. dream. Say dream again. Dream. I, I feel like I'm here with this word, and this word is for everybody in this room today, but particularly for your pastors. I want to encourage them to dream and dream again. And I feel as they begin to dream and dream again, and then you lean into that corporate dream together, then God is going to give you new dreams and God is going to restore your dreams. And the dreams that have been in your heart forever are going to become your reality as this house begins to move into a new dimension where the dream of the house becomes a reality. Friends, I want to encourage you today to dream and to dream again. Dream and dream again. Friends, in the natural, Joseph's dream was impossible. Impossible. His parents were alive and there was no way they were going to bow down to him. His brothers, are, and I know in some cultures that if you're the firstborn, maybe the younger brothers will look to you or bow down to you. But how many of you know Joseph isn't the oldest brother? He's not the second oldest, third, fourth or fifth. No, Joseph is number 11 in a lineup of 12. And already before the story begins, we have evidence that all of his brothers hate him. But Joseph has a dream. That's the point. Joseph has a dream. This dream wasn't conceived through selfish desires, inflated conceit, or any too, eating too much pizza before going to bed. How many of you love a good pizza dream? 
Praise God, there's nothing like it. Not to mention, add a few bananas in there and it goes loco, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy. But how many of you know that's not where this dream came from? This dream is of God. It was conceived by God. Friends, Joseph's dream was conceived by the Holy Spirit. When something of God is conceived in you, when something of the Spirit is deposited in you, friends, I want to encourage you today, you've got to guard it and you've got to protect it. Just as when Mary conceived Jesus, you know, the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. And as a result, the child was, uh, was conceived within her. Something holy was conceived within her. And while people may have despised her, and let's face it, that's what happens, isn't it? When you conceive something in God, sometimes you begin to tell people and they're like, what are you talking about? You're a dreamer. You're, you're crazy. What are you thinking? You know, I, I've said to Georgie, if either of our girls ever came home and said to us, you wouldn't believe it, what happened last night. The Holy Spirit overshadowed us and now we're pregnant. I would have said, you go to your room and never come out. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's too hard to believe. Sometimes when you begin to dream things in God, sometimes when you begin to conceive things in God, it's like, it's just, you know it's alive in you. You know you've conceived it. You've got to be careful who you share that with. You've got to be careful who you speak to because they will despise you and they will hate you, even as Joseph's brothers hated him. But how many of you know what was conceived in Joseph and what was conceived in Mary was of God and was of the Holy Spirit? And so, and we know in the fullness of time, what was conceived in Mary would bring joy and salvation to Mary, but how many of you know would also bring joy and salvation to the generations to come, including us as well. Friends, I want to say to you today, God wants to conceive something in you. He wants to put a dream in you that will not just bring joy and salvation to you and to your family, but to this city and to this nation and to the nations of the world. Amen. Come on, give God praise if you believe it. God's got a big dream for you. God's got a big dream for you. Now, the challenge we all face, though, if I can be really honest, how many of you know it's good to be honest in church? All right. The challenge. Here is the dream. We receive the dream. Between receiving the dream and the fulfillment of the dream is this little space in the middle called reality. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the fast forward button. Wouldn't it be good if you could receive the dream then fast forward to the fulfillment of the dream. How many of you know that's not life? That's not real. That's not how it happens. We receive the dream and then God takes us on a journey to the fulfillment of it. In Joseph's case, he has a dream. It's a God-inspired dream, but almost immediately his reality begins to spiral out of control. So his dream is amazing, but his reality is a nightmare. Ever been there? Maybe you're there today. And it's quickly going from bad to worse. But he doesn't allow his emotions to become the compass of his soul. How many of you know you've you got you to keep yourself in check? He doesn't allow the emotions, his, his emotions to become his compass now. But rather he makes a decision that the dream and the call and the promise of God is going to keep his emotions in check and he's not going to change his bearings or his direction according to how he's Feeling. Feelings. All you need is. Feelings. <laughs> How many of you know that's a load of croc? You know croc? Like crocodile. Not rude. All right. I don't know if the translation, don't know how it lands here. But, 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 hopefully I didn't say the wrong thing. But, how many of you know, 
When it comes to feelings, feelings are overrated. That's true. Now we've been married 29, nearly 30 years and I'm glad I still, I got the feeling, you know what I'm saying? I'm glad about that, but here's the thing. When you allow your feelings to lead you all over town, the chances are you are never going to live the dream that God has got for you. You've got to bring your feelings in. Rein them in. When they're telling you to go left, when they're telling you to go right, rein in your feelings that you might do what you know is honourable before the Lord. About two years ago when our kids got married, we got a phone call from the lady next door. Long story short, I'd never been into their house, but she rings through a friend of a friend of a friend who knows we're pastors. And, and so through the youth leader, I got her number and I was asked to call her. I make the call. They're going through a breakup. They've just decided that day they're going to split, go different directions. She's worried about his physical well-being. So she says, can you go and see my husband? So we have the wedding and then at 10 o'clock at night, I knock on their door. All right, how many of you know this is going to be awkward? <laughs> I've never been in their house. Now I'm going, hey, 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, knock on the door. And he, he opens the door and he says, yeah. So I said, ah, your wife called me. He goes, why don't you come in? So I go in. We have a conversation. He's telling me about why they're going to break up. And I'm like, I got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Long story short, he's, 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 got, a, he's got like a little lady on the side at work. You know what I'm saying? He's, a, he's been married now for 20-something years and he's got two teenage daughters and, and he's, he's, he's in love again. You know what I'm saying? He's in love. And so, so I begin to challenge him because it's like, man, what are you doing? You've got a wife and you've got daughters. And, and so I'm in there at 10 o'clock Saturday and I'm, and I'm putting that out there. And he goes, Shane, you don't understand. He goes, i got feelings for this woman. And I look at him and I'm like, you think I care about your feelings? You think your wife cares about your feelings? You think your two teenage daughters that you're about to walk out on are caring about your feelings right now? I said, man, if you don't mind me saying, you need to tell your feelings to get behind you and man up and be the man that you really want to be. Remember the vow that you made to your wife. Remember all the promises you made to your daughters. You need to... That was the last time we spoke. <laughs> I wish I had a better outcome. But his wife did come to church and give her heart to the Lord. Praise God. She found Jesus even in the midst of a bad situation. <laughs> feelings. Feelings. I reckon, I reckon Joseph would have been feeling it. It would have been like, you imagine getting beat up by your brothers and sold by your brothers? That's a bad day. You know what I'm saying? He ends up in a pit. He may have been feeling a bit down and feeling it. I reckon he, I reckon he heard something from heaven and it went like this. Psst. Psst. Who's that? It's the Lord. Which Lord? It's like the big L Lord. <gasps> the big L Lord. What do you want, Lord? Hey, Joey, I want to encourage you. Really? You've got to remember, Joey. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Joey's like, I remember that from HV Kids. That's what they taught me. I was like, oh, that's good, that's good. But he's still not quite there. He's still a bit downcast. Yes, Lord. Got someone else for you. What's that? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And Joey's like, that's the truth. I remember learning that at youth, I remember. And then, psst, yes, Lord. He goes, I've got someone else for you. What else you got for me? All things are possible to those who believe, Joey. 
And he's like, yeah, I remember Pastor Jared told me that. It's like, oh, it's going to be a good day. And all of a sudden, there's faith beginning to rise in his heart. Even though he's still in the pit, how many of you know faith is beginning to rise now? Then he says, Joey, you've got to remember this. According to your faith, will it be done unto you? And Joey's like, praise the Lord. Even though I'm in the pits, I'm going to rise up and praise Him. Even though I'm in the pit, I'm going to give you praise, Lord, because your word is alive and your promises are true. So he finds himself in this place, uh, encouraging himself. Well, that's great for Joey that God would come along and encourage him like that. God's never encouraged me like that. And I would say, hasn't he? Can you hear my voice today? Because maybe the Lord has sent this little Skippy the Bush kangaroo all the way from Australia to remind you that you can trust God and in God all things are possible and the dream can become a reality. The dream can become a reality. Everyone say dream. dream. Say dream again. Dream. Say dream. Say dream again. We're going to keep on dreaming. And so then Joseph made a choice. He made a choice to walk on the water. Some of you need to choose to walk on the water all the way to the fulfillment of your dream. Friends, you can allow situations to overcome you and drown you or by your faith in your actions, you can overcome them. You choose and you got to make a choice. Now, how many of you know a good sermon is a 37-point sermon. Praise God. But I'm only going to give you three today. All right, here we go. Seeing a dream fulfilled will require you to, a number of things, here we go. Seeing a dream fulfilled will require you to overcome disappointment. you got to overcome disappointment. How many of you have ever been disappointed? All right, a third of you. The others of you are doing swell. I'm going to come and listen to you speak next time so you can tell me how not to be disappointed. If you've never been disappointed, I want to encourage you to, if you're looking to be disappointed, here's some things you might want to do. Get married. Talk to Georgie later, she'll explain it all. She thought she was marrying a prince, but she got a frog, praise God. But we're we're on a journey, it's all right. Uh, If you've never been disappointed, be part of a family. If you've never been disappointed, join a church, a great church. It'll it'll come if you've never been disappointed. How many of you know disappointment is part of life? But it doesn't need to overcome you. But as you overcome, how many of you know you will arrive at your appointment if you'll overcome your disappointment? But you've got to make some choices. You've got to choose to overcome it. Proverbs 23 verse 18. For surely you have a future ahead of you. Your hope will not be disappointed. Your hope won't be disappointed, friends, when you put your hope in God. But friends, when you put your hope in people and you put your hope in things, you will almost certainly be disappointed. But when you are disappointed, you've got to make a decision that you're going to make that disappointment a stone of disappointment that becomes a stepping stone that's going to take you to your appointment and doesn't become a stone that hangs around your neck. You've got to make a choice. Sometimes I talk to people in our foyer at home and it's bad. You can always tell disappointed people. You can spot them a mile away. You say, how so? They usually got gravel rash on their chin because they take their disappointment and put it on a chain and they wear it around their neck and everywhere they go, they're disappointed. <sighs> you know what I'm saying? They're just disappointed. <sighs> usually grumpy. <laughs> 
usually grumpy. They got gravel rash on their chin, and they, and you say, hey, what's up, bro? I'm disappointed. What are you disappointed about? My girlfriend left me. When did she leave you? 1976. It's like, man, you gotta get over it. Let it go, let it go. I mean, you gotta let it go now, you gotta make a choice. I'm gonna get over my disappointment. Uh, Georgia girl, poor old Georgia girl. Oh, she's got open toe shoes, praise God. If you look at her toes later, you'll see they look like, they look like little grapes that have been st- stepped on. They're like little squash flat toes. They're the squash flattiest toes you've ever seen in your life. Like little grapes, little grapes. No, no, it's true. I love you, sister, praise God. The girls are ganging up on me. I'm gonna go over here. So, but you look at her toes, they're squashed, squashed. And it's like, how did they get squashed? Was she born with squashed toes? No, I squashed them. I squashed them. You say, how did you squash them? Well, we've been married 30 years and we dance in the kitchen. Our girls are like, ah, our girls are like, ah. You know what I'm saying? Because mum and dad, she can't keep her hands off me. But that's another story. We're not going there. But we dance in the kitchen. We make romance. But every now and again, I step on her toes. Now, you may say, you're a mongrel. Now, that might be true. I'm not denying that. But here's the thing. I don't stand on her toes because I don't like her. I stand on her toes because out of all the little girls in the world, I want to do life with that one. There's no one in life. I want to do life more closely with. But as a result, there'll be times where we stand on each other's toes. We will disappoint each other, but not because we're out to step on each other. We love each other, but when you do life closely with anyone, you will stand on each other's toes. You will disappoint each other. we just got to man up, woman up, and forgive each other and overcome our disappointment. If you're part of a family, you will disappoint each other. It's called life. If you are part of a great church like this great church, you will, you will disappoint each other. But make a decision in the knowledge that we are not here to disappoint each other and stand on each, at each other's toes. But it does happen because we're doing life closely. But we're going to talk about it. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus in our relationship. We're going to overcome it. We're going to overcome our disappointment. And everybody said, Amen. So... Joseph's brothers beat him. David's men spoke of stoning him. Jesus' disciple betrayed him. Paul's co-workers, well, Paul's co-workers, they deserted him. But those who trust in the Lord, how many of you know, they will never be put to shame. You put your trust in God, you will never be put to shame. Here we go, point number two. Point number one is simply, if you're going to see your dream fulfilled, you need to overcome disappointment. Point number two, you're going to need to overcome temptation. Temptation. <laughs> How many of you are tempted occasionally? Fifteen of you. Oh, a few more. I was going to say, you guys are so Christian. Because, <laughs> like, I get tempted all the time. Like, I reckon my parents were, like, naughty and fun monkey. You know what I'm saying? And out came me. I was like, I'm just tempted all the time. Give me a wave if you were tempted in the last week. In the last week. You haven't been... What about in the last three days? What about in the last 24 hours? Anyone here been tempted? What about this morning? Anyone ever been? I'd be like this, you know what I'm saying? I'd be like, I'm just wired that way. I don't know what went wrong, but I'm wired, wired for temptation. It follows me everywhere. But how many of you know temptation is not sin? Sin is sin. Temptation is not sin. All right. 
1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. But remember that the temptations that come into your life are no different from what others experience. In other words, we're all going through it together. We're all tempted in many, many ways. We're all in it. And God is faithful. I like that. There's a sermon all by itself. Four simple words. And God is faithful. He will keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you will not give in to it. Praise God. A way out. How many of you know God will give you a way out? Now, we're going to spell a way out. But before we go there, how many of you know the Queen's English is a little different to American English? We, we spell words differently. For argument's sake, the word saviour. We, we have a you in the saviour because at the end of the day, it was all because of you that he became the saviour. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. So, so this is how we spell a way out. All right, a way out, a way, a way out. We spell a way out like this. R-U-N, run. That's how we spell a way out. How many of you know God wants to give you a way out and sometimes the best thing you can do is just run for your life? Run for your life. Remember Mrs. Potiphar? How many of you remember Mrs. Potiphar? How many of you know Mrs. Potiphar in scripture is the first cougar ever recorded in history? That's who she was. She was the very first cougar. Mrs. Potiphar. Not only was, is she recorded in the Bible as being the cougar, but she, there was also a song written about her. How many of you know the song written about Mrs. Potiphar? Anyway, we'll get there in a moment. Have you, you remember the story? Joseph, little Joey's out the back. He's raking the leaves. He's out there cleaning up the... He's got a little singlet on, a little trucky singlet on. He's got his thing going on. And then Mrs. Potiphar comes out in a little slinky thing. She comes out and she goes... Just like that. He's like, <laughs> so he goes down to the back of the yard. He's trying to get away from me. He's down, and then she, she comes in. She comes around the side of the tree, and she goes, and he's like, hey, hey, hey. So he goes, he goes around the front yard. He's like, I gotta get, I gotta get away from this woman. And so he goes out the front yard, but she pursues him. She's a bad Mrs. Potiphar, but she comes out. She grabs him by the shirt and she's grabbed him and he's get off me. So, so then he pushes her away and then he grabs his guitar and he starts to sing. And here's to you, Mrs. Potiphar. Jesus loves you more than you will know. You got it. You got it. <laughs> so if you're like, is that in the Bible? Of course it's in the Bible. Listen to this. She, <laughs> Genesis chapter 39, verse 12. She came, grabbed him by his shirt. She kind of grabbed him by his shirt, demanding, sleep with me, sleep with me, Joey. But Joseph tore himself away and said, get away from me, you wench. But as he did, his shirt came off. She was left holding it as he ran from the house. Joseph may have lost his shirt, but how many of you know he didn't lose his integrity and he kept the dream on track? You gotta know when to run. You gotta know when to run. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, it says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Anything? Man, I'm gonna run all the time. That's why I got runners on. That's all you ever see me in. That's probably why you've got runners on too, and you've got runners. And yeah, I know you guys, we're all in this together. Friends, I want to encourage you, run from anything that is going to tempt you. Don't, 
Don't go saying, no, nah, I, can, I can do it. I can handle this. I'm going to put on the full armour of God. <laughs> As in, you need to run. When that little girl at Subway is giving you a sandwich like this, you know what I'm saying? You just need to throw that sandwich out at her and get the heck out of there. You know what I'm saying? Run. Put your runners on and get out of there. You just got to go. You got to make a decision. I am out of here. Point number three, you got to overcome selfish ambition. James, James 3.16 says, For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. Now hear me clearly when I say that God doesn't have an issue with ambition. God has an issue with selfish ambition. Big difference. Big difference. How many of you know Jesus came? He said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. He was on mission. He lived his life with purpose. He was up and about. He's not sleeping all day. No, he's got ambition. He's going to go change the world. He's here to seek and save the lost. God raised up Joseph to save a nation. God raised up David to lead a nation. God raised up Jesus, his son, to save the world. They were up and about. Friends, I was thinking about it, thinking about, you know, would God ever look at things the way I do? Because I know his thoughts and his ways are higher than mine, but I, I get that. But what do you think about things like I do? Because sometimes, if I can be really honest, when people tell me about their dreams, I can't help but look at what they're doing with what they already have. If we can't own the pit that we're in, how many of you know we're never going to be ready to live in the palace that God would have for us? We need to begin in the place we're at. It might be the pit, it might be the prison, it might be whatever, but that's what we need to own before we can move on into everything that God has got for us. Am I using then, as a believer, am I using what I have to exalt Christ in His kingdom or am I simply using what I have to exalt me, myself and Irene? if you know what I mean. Is it just about me or is it about Jesus? Is it about me or is it about Christ's kingdom? Is it about me or is it about others? Faithful with little, faithful with much. When I own my pit, I'll be getting ready for the palace in Jesus' name. Church, if you will overcome your disappointment, your temptation, selfish ambition, then you can walk on the water all the way to the fulfillment of your dream. And that's what God wants for you. He wants you to have a dream. He wants you to own the dream. And He wants you to see the dream fulfilled. That's why He sent Jesus, that you might live life and live it to the full. I want to pray for two groups of people here today. I want to pray for those that are here and, and that haven't given their life to Christ. You're not walking right with Jesus. And I want to pray for the, another group, and that is those people who had a dream and it titanic, or you've never had a dream in God. I've got to tell you, 1987, I was in, in the Aubrey Base Hospital, alcoholic poison, and I've got to tell you, I went in one way and I came out another, and it's all because I met Jesus in that place. And when I was unconscious, he came and he, he spoke to me. And when I came out, people were like, Shane, what happened to you? And I'm like, I met Jesus. I tell you the truth, the best thing you can do to get your life on track, we cannot believe that we are here. We cannot believe our friends. We cannot believe how much love is in our family. We cannot believe it. But it's all because Jesus gave us a dream. All we do each day is get up and follow the dream. We're not perfect. We still have disappointment. We still have temptation. We still have issues that we need to work with, work on. But by the grace of God, we're getting stronger. We're becoming more like Him. And I tell you the truth, God wants to do exactly what He's done for me. He wants to do it for you. Exactly what they've done for this couple, He wants to do for you. God has got a dream for you. But it begins with Jesus. It begins with Jesus.